Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four of the Magnastics podcast. Today, we will be talking about the London Open and the Great Britain team selection for Worlds, and then the Merson World Cup, followed by the USA selection camp and team announcement, as well as the Sambatle, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, World Cup in Hungary, and a mini preview for the Paris World Cup coming up this weekend. So let's start off with our all-around winner, Joe Fraser. Yeah, so Joe had a really good competition. He was already pretty much a lock for the world's team, but obviously he really solidified it by uh, winning the competition here. He wasn't completely perfect. He had a few little things, especially on P-bars. He didn't hit his full 6.6 difficulty. Uh, scored a 14.1 there, but he's definitely capable of much higher. And Pommel Horse, he got a 13.3. And again, that's another event where he can score higher. So it wasn't a perfect day for him. He's definitely capable of more, but overall he was very solid. And actually I would say the highlight for him was his second vault because Joe Fraser has a second vault now. Um, Wait, what? Since when? Since... Uh, I think he did it at British Teams and London Open, so it's very new. Oh, wow. So his first vault that counted towards his all-around total was his usual Kaz 1.5, and, and then his second vault was a double front. And when he tried it at British Teams, he didn't land it, so I was not expecting when he did it at London Open, he just stuck it dead. It was awesome. Which one? The... The Roche or the Kaz yeah. one and a half? Yeah. The Roche. So not the one that counted towards his all-around score. Okay. Um, the Roche, he stuck cold and got a 14.7. Nice. Yeah. So they actually, they did the vault total by single vault, like the Americans do, um, for the rankings. But I'm not sure how many people did two vaults, but it wasn't very many. Well, speaking of vault, I see our gold me- medal winner here with a 15.25 is Jake Jarman. So what vault was that? Because I need that to That was a Cavs double twist. Like absolutely stuck dead. And like, I think he surprised himself as well. Like the look on his face, he was just absolutely shocked. And the whole like crowd was like, oh my God, did he really just do that? Yeah, that's a monster score. Yeah, and then his second vault was a Yachenko double twist. So lower in difficulty, but he also stuck that. Maybe uh, it's time for him to upgrade that second vault. Yeah, well, he has, I think, done a shoe felt. But he didn't do it here. I'm not sure why. Um, I've heard rumors, I don't know how true this is, that he... Um, can do a triple but obviously he wouldn't be able to compete that as a second vault if he's also doing the Kaz double because they're the same post flight oh that's true but then we've also seen video of him trying a Kaz two and a half so 
I don't know. That kid's crazy. <laughs> he is. He posts the most ridiculous things on Instagram. I'm just like, can you make sure you don't die, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he also did a really nice floor routine. Um, so double twisting, double layout, and lots of twisting. Um, he's a little rough on the landings at the moment. Could be cleaner, but obviously, I mean, he's only a teenager. He's got a lot of time to work on the finer details. He got a 14.1 on floor with a 6.1 difficulty. So, I mean, obviously, he's crazy talented. It's just really refinement at this point. Speaking of floor, Dominic Cunningham, one floor with a 14.65. That's so exciting. Yes, yes it is. So Dom was one of the guys who was a bit of a question mark going into this. Like he could make the team, but is it has he recovered enough from his injury? And it wasn't the best of days for him. His scores on the other events are kind of lower than he's really capable of, but floor he really killed it. Um, both double doubles uh, stuck a lot of landings. It was really impressive, and I kind of saw that and was like, they're probably, yeah, that'll probably go to Worlds. Pommel Horse, what's there to talk about Pommel Horse? Anything? Well, Good old Max Whitlock has upgraded. So it's a skill. So the thing he upgraded was his Russian flop. So he used to do the triple Russians on one handle last quad, but he hadn't done them that yet this quad. And I was a while ago I was wondering if he would ever bring them back. The answer is yes. They're back. He's upped his difficulty to a six point no, sorry. He's upped his difficulty to a seven, which is the highest we've seen in the world this quad, I think definitely this year anyway and he did a really impressive routine and I know there's sometimes talk about his domestic scores like oh bit generous like will he score that internationally but the 15-6 for this routine I think was actually very well earned it was a really impressive routine before this he already had the highest difficulty at 6.9 so He's still on top there, and he already had the top score at 15.533, which is ahead of Reese's 15.450. Yeah, and I believe, unless he has also got upgrades planned, Reese's highest difficulty is a 6.5. Yeah, that's what I have him as, so. Yeah, but oh. then Reese is very clean, so. True. It'll be an interesting showdown, especially when you get Chinese guys in the mix and Li Chi Kai. It's going to be really exciting at Worlds, I think. Also, we won't have Taishan equipment anymore. <laughs> yeah. So the interesting thing about Max here was he only did the one event. Um, at British teams, he did four events. I'm not sure why he only did one here. I guess since it's Max and it was primarily this competition was about the trial aspect mm. of it and he didn't really need the other events to secure a spot on the team so I guess that's why um also side note after the competition I saw him walking around carrying his little daughter 
around and it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. Oh, so on rings, Joe was the winner on this event. What happened to Courtney? Courtney had a bad time of it on rings, to put it lightly. But the second competition in the row in a row uh, fell on his dismount. So he went back to his normal full twisting double layout. And I didn't have the best view of, of rings, but he, yeah, he rolled backwards out of it. And also there are a few little problems during the routine. It, it, was a, it was a pretty good routine. And then he got to the end and he was kind of wobbling in his handstands and stuff. So, okay. uh, yeah, not his best. Um, unfortunate for him because I feel like he really had a chance to make the team. And but obviously rings is his thing. Like you got to hit rings. Yeah, that was unlucky for him. But cool to see Joe delivering with a fourteen point one five. It's always good when your rings guys can score over fourteen. So the only events we haven't talked about here are parallel bars and high bar. Yeah. So. Parallel bars won by James Hall. And so James placed second all around with an 83.15. But that was counting two falls on high bar, which sounds a bit unusual for James because obviously he's got this reputation for being really consistent. He tried to do a casino. I don't think he competed that at British teams. Um, Fell on the casino and I think he hit the ground quite hard. I think it winded him a little bit because he looked a bit stunned afterwards. And then the other thing he fell on was his Yamawaki, which is definitely a bit of a weird one for him to fall on. But I think he was a bit shaken up by the fall in the casino because that was his first skill. I feel like we've seen a few people fall on Yamawakis recently. And I'm just like, I feel like I never used to see that before. Is this a like a recency bias type thing or I don't know maybe I, I mean it's weird to see James fall at all to be honest um really the casino is the only thing that kind of gets him what was good for him was that this was there were so many people competing that they actually had seven rotations including a rest rotation so after high bar he had a rest rotation before doing his other five events and he came back and like smashed everything so other than high bar, it was a really good day for James. And obviously, we went into this kind of, like, we all know James is going to make the world's team. So maybe not as much pressure on him as some of the others, but he really uh, delivered, got scores above 14 on every other event. So rounding out the all-around podium was Gianni Regini Moran, and this was despite an uncharacteristic problem on floor. So Gianni has a really cool pass, which is a front double twist, punch front half, punch into backwards double twist, which I don't think there's anyone else at the moment competing a pass like that. You get guys doing triple passes, but there will be forwards rebounding ones. So Gianni's the only one I can think of who does a, a backwards rebound. But he got a bad punch out of the half 
uh, what was supposed to be a double twist, he tucked it and only managed a one and a half, I think. And then he staggered backwards out of that, narrowly avoided falling. But obviously his difficulty took a hit, his execution took a massive hit. So even though he didn't fall uh, almost equivalent to it, really, maybe even more because he lost difficulty. But despite that, he did really well on all of the other events. Actually placed second on parallel bars and second on high bar, which are not really events that he's so much known for. Although parallel bars, he's actually got uh, 6.4 routine. He got credited with 6.3 here, but his maximum difficulty is 6.4. And high bar, he got a 13.75. Difficulty 5.2, but it was really clean. So I think even though he had trouble on floor, uh, those other events really brought his scores up. So he would finish third all around, which I thought maybe he'd struggle to do because he's not as well-rounded. He struggles with pommel horse and rings. But yeah, vault, p-bars and high bar really uh, lifted him up in the all-around rankings to finish third. So was there anyone else here who did much better than you were expecting to? I was really impressed by Joshua Nathan. I know we'll be talking about him a little bit later um, when we talk about the World Cups. But for anyone who doesn't know Josh, he's a young senior. Um, He competed senior last year. Uh, But this is his second senior year, I think, so... At English Championships earlier in the year, he looked really good, and then he got injured during the competition. So he's been out since then, uh, came back for British teams, did well there. And then London Open, he placed fourth all around, which I have to say I wasn't really expecting. He kind of picked up right where he left off with his injury because I thought he was looking really good and then was like, oh, no, it's such a shame he's injured. But now he looks really good again. He's got... Huge difficulty on pommel horse. He got a 6.4 here to place third. Not really any other outstanding scores, but just really solid. He looked really good. I was really impressed. Um, And he scored an 80.5 all around total. And I guess on the other side of that, who did not do as well as you were hoping? So obviously Courtney had some struggles. Um, he actually did a really nice floor routine, I must say. I I was impressed by his floor. He had a few landing deductions, but overall looked solid there. I was a little bit sad that Frank Baines only finished in uh, 10th place. That's including some of the international gymnasts. So out of the British ones, I think he was ninth. Um, he had a few problems. So starting off on high bar, he... His first release was a layout cut of half, but he didn't get the swing out of it and had to come down into the bar. So that's a fall on the apparatus. Um, And the rest of the routine was beautiful. So that was sad. And then he did a really nice floor routine. So that's kind of the event he's mostly known for. He placed third on floor, um, stayed on pommel horse. Always a good result. (laughs) Um, Rings is not, a great event for him anyway he's only got a 4.2 difficulty there so that was kind of is what it is vault he attempted a cas one and a half which is an upgrade for him 
Um, I'm not sure if he's competed in the past, but he certainly hasn't recently. And I don't know, maybe the vault wasn't quite ready or it was just a bad vault. But yeah, that didn't go well. Well, it looks like he got credit for it at least. Yeah. Yeah, but it was kind of one of those vaults where, you know, they kind of, the feet go down and then they go down right after. Yeah. But he did have a nice P-Bars routine, uh, also placed third there. So it wasn't a total bad day, it's just not uh, quite the result he would have been hoping for, especially because high bar is one of his better events. He scored a 79.7 all around, which... He can definitely do better than that, and I think he knows it too. So that was a bit of a shame. Um, You did mention some international competitors. Uh, We do have some guys from Japan competed, as well as some of the guys on the Norwegian national team. So what was it like to watch them? That was really cool, especially everyone around me. I was seeing near quite a lot of little kids also. They were, like, fascinated by the Japanese guys. Um, So they're not names we've heard of before. And they didn't really have that much difficulty compared to kind of what we're used to seeing from Japanese gymnasts, I suppose. But they were, like, typical Japanese gymnasts, you know, clean, interesting. One of them had, like, just the classic Japanese twisty floor routine. Um, and they were doing some really cool stuff as well. I think one of them did some German giants on high bar. One of them did, I think it was whip half into front double twist on floor. It was really cool to see. And so one of the Japanese gymnasts, Kenya Kosakai, um, scored an 80.3 all around, which was the highest in the international division and also seventh overall and he also got bronze on vault for a beautiful Kaz one and a half which he scored 14.44 and then probably the other most impressive thing from the international gymnasts was Stian Skerahaug he did a beautiful floor routine um, scored 14.4 which took the silver medal overall at the competition. So higher score than everyone there except for Dominic Cunningham. So impressive. It was one of those routines where kind of everyone in the audience goes, ooh. So that was cool. And then the other international gymnast I want to mention is uh, Slavomir Michnak of Slovakia. He- Wait, he's here? He was there, yeah. Oh. Yeah. He did, he placed fourth on Pommel Horse with a 13.85. And it was a really lovely routine, except that he had, he did have, towards the end, a very big form break. So, not his best routine, but also, I guess, looking ahead, a 13.85 with a pretty big form error is pretty decent I think and then he also did parallel bars and high bar and while they're not at the same level as his pommel horse it was just really nice to watch he's got nice lines 
Um... Oh, the other person I want to mention is Hayden Skinner. He took bronze on floor, well, tied for bronze on floor with Frank, with a floor routine worth a 6.5 in difficulty. Oh, I think we mentioned that when we talked about him for the British team's competition because it popped up as, like, a 6.2 plus three tons bonus. Yeah. So it is a 6.5, and this routine was much better than the one he did at British teams. He scored a 14.35, so still a bit down in execution, but his landings were much better. He's got a front triple twist and a quad twist. He's got a 3.5 punch half. He's got a double-double, but he's training a triple-double, so that routine can still be upgraded. Jeez. Yeah, very, very impressive. And um, I should mention that I tried to film as many routines as I could when I was there, and so the ones I've got, which include that floor routine, are up on the Magnastics YouTube channel. I'll try to remember to link them when I post this. After London Open, the team was selected the next day and then announced on the Wednesday, so a week ago now. The team is James Hall, Joe Fraser, Max Whitlock, Gianni Regini Moran, and Dom Cunningham. So that team's a bit floor-heavy, I guess, with both Gianni and Dom. But... But, I mean, Gianni Gianni also got second on p-bars and high bars so they could use him on those events as well yeah i fully expect them to use him on p-bars and then high bar kind of depends um i did i wrote an article about this that i posted the other day talking about all the lineups and stuff so if anyone wants to check that out they can really the only question after this competition was if the fifth spot would go to dom or courtney but I think the main deciding factor there was Dom hit his routines here and Courtney didn't. So they've kind of sacrificed a potential big score from Courtney on rings. But also since he hasn't been hitting his routines, it's kind of hard to, you know, put him on the team like here, like get this big score on rings when he hasn't been getting those scores lately. That's true. Really good to see Dom on the team after his injury. I wasn't sure if he'd kind of be at the right level in time, but he's definitely fully back on floor, I would say. Vault, he's still got a bit of a way to go. He only competed the round off half on, front one and a half here. His full difficulty is the front double twist off. But, I mean, he might have that back in time for Worlds which would be a help for the team, for sure. It'll be interesting to see if they use Max anywhere except for Pommel Horse. He's got a pretty decent high bar routine, which they could use if they wanted to. So it'll be interesting to see if they do put him up there, but I don't think he would be needed on any other events. They've got a good P-bars lineup and a good floor lineup without needing to use him there. So. And for anybody who doesn't know, Max is no longer training rings or vault. So, yeah, that's not an option for him. Yeah. I also 
hope that Gianni gets the opportunity to do all around. I wouldn't expect him to make the final ahead of James or Joe, but I think it would be cool to see him have the opportunity to fight for it. True. I I would like to see if he does do the all around at Worlds, how I guess his score is compared to how he did at the World Cup he went to, which was Tokyo, I think. Yeah, and he also was in the all-around final at European Games. Especially, I think, looking forwards to Tokyo, I think of a four-person team where he wants strong all-arounders. So if he can kind of prove himself as a strong all-arounder at this point, I think that'll definitely help him be in the conversation there. Moving on to the Merson World Cup. I didn't get around to watching the whole thing. I watched four events, was not able to get to floor or high bar. So I'll just base my summary on those based off scores. So for floor, um, I did mention last episode, Aurel Benovic from Croatia, who's like, Croatia's big floor guy. He ended up winning uh, with a 14.5. He has a 6.1 difficulty, and I guess his execution wasn't too bad either. So I think this is definitely his first gold medal at a World Cup event. Um, I'm not sure if it's his first medal overall, but it's his first gold, so that's very exciting. Yeah, I also didn't know that his difficulty was so high. 6.1 is pretty impressive i think he was previously doing like a 5.8 or a 5.9 so i think he did upgrade um and then in second place from turkey was mustafa arka and then in third was rock clavora of slovenia and then pommel horse no surprise here really uh Sasha Bertenche from Slovenia won that. So another medal for Slovenia here. He won that with a 13.65. Only a 5.3 difficulty, so... Not his best. No. Um, I do want to restate, I kind of said this in our last podcast, but overall, this World Cup, like the whole thing, did not really have a lot of competitors one of the more poorly attended world cups i think i called it um so overall there was just not that many people first of all um some of the events only had like seven or eight competitors in qualification so they all qualified to the finals and just overall there's there wasn't a whole lot of difficulty there so i do have to say though that on pommel horse, Renato Perpich from Croatia was the only one who had a 6.0 difficulty. He was just off the podium in fourth, though. Second was Farat Archon, and third was Ahmet Ander. So, want to talk about who won rings? Of course I do. It was no contest here. Ibrahim Chalak won with a 15.0. I think that was his first 15 of the year. Just his standard 6.2 difficulty. It was beautiful. Oh, that reminds me. Oh, I don't know what happened between last year and this year. 
But this year, I, I watched it last year, too. This year, the camera was really far away for all the events. Not not just rings, but, like, vault, floor. Um, I watched the women's floor, not men's floor, so I can't attest to the men's floor. But everything was super far away, and it was, especially for rings, you know, when you need to hold certain positions or have certain angles it was kind of hard to judge from being that far away it was a little frustrating um and then when the women were competing we could hardly hear the the floor music it was i don't know just overall the production value was way worse than last year like last year it was like your regular olympic channel feed where you get like close-ups and shots of the audience we didn't get any of that this time and then showing the scores was really inconsistent like there wasn't really hardly any of those pop-ups on the screen it was maybe every like three routines or so you would get a view of the actual scoreboard in the arena so it was really hard to figure out the standings in the middle of the final. It was really frustrating. Um, but anyway, back to rings. <laughs> um, second place was also from Turkey. That was Yunus Kondogdu. He's kind of their other rings guys. And then in third was Javidan Babayev from Azerbaijan. I don't think I've heard his name before. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of guys here that I'm not too familiar with. Yeah, I'm familiar with some of the other guys from Azerbaijan, but I don't recall seeing his name before. So. He might also be a new senior. I don't remember. Yeah, and then Vault. So, Vault was won by Murad Agarzaev from Azerbaijan with a 14.175 average. He only had two 5.2 vaults, so maybe not something you would see at Worlds, really. But especially his first vault, which he got a 9.45 execution on. It was a Kaz 1.5. Beautiful. So beautiful. Um, oh, I've, I've just looked up Babayev. He is a first-year senior. He's 18. Yeah. So that would be why I haven't heard of him before. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the unfamiliar names here um, were younger guys. So. Yeah. 18-year-old with a 5.6 on rings. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So second on vault was David Huddleston, who represents Bulgaria. He got a... 13.475 average. And then third was Neofitos Kiriakou from Cyprus with a 13.15. It was actually kind of sad because Majdi Alhmoud from Jordan got a zero on his first vault. Yeah, he just totally balked midair. And yeah. Haven't seen someone get a zero in a while, so that's unfortunate. 
Did he fall or was it just like a non-vault? It was a non-vault. Like, it looked like he did a timer and that was clearly not what he was intending. Right. So a bit like what happened to um, one of the Italian guys at Euros. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but similar. Yeah. Okay. All right. On to the event I was most excited to watch, Parallel Bars. The Turkish guys here were in a league of their own. There's no other way to say that. Farat Archan um, won the gold here with a 15.15. He has a 6.5 routine, which which he has competed pretty consistently this year. So, Yeah, he's looking good on PMAs. Okay. Absolutely. And then second was Ahmet Ander, who... I think of my notes, I just wrote, like, I love it. <laughs> I see he got a 0.5 penalty. that about? You know what? I don't actually know. <laughs> huh. I didn't even notice that when I was watching it last night. Oh, man, that's... I have no idea. Because of all the camera issues, like I said, it was kind of hard to know what was going on half the time. Like, I think when the men were on vault, the women were on beam, and it almost seemed like they were going at the same time. Um, Ali commentated this, and he wasn't sure if when we switched back to vault from watching whoever was going on beam, he was like, oh, I guess they already did the first fall, and we didn't get to see it. And there there was a lot of stuff we missed. Like, we missed the beginning of, of some of the routines, and it was just weird. I don't know how else to say it. So we don't know what the penalty was for, but hopefully it's, it's a one-time thing that will not be affecting him again. <laughs> And then in third, we have Jordan Alexandrov of Bulgaria. And I think this is his first World Cup medal, so that's pretty exciting. And then our final event, High Bar. Again, I did not watch this, but unsurprisingly, Umit Shamaloglu of Turkey won this event with a 14 flat. And then second was Ahmet Ander. And third, Jordan Alexandrov picked up his second bronze of the day. So the interesting thing here is Amet also got a 0.5 penalty here. And if it weren't for the penalty, he would have scored a 14.15, which would have taken gold. So I don't know what that penalty is about, but... How much is the penalty for, like, an extra mat? That might be 0.5. Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't think he used an extra mat on P-bars, though, so, like, I don't know what that was. It would have been a good guess, because he's a little bit injured at the moment, so. Yeah, I don't know. All right, yeah, so that's pretty much it for the Mercen World Cup. Next, we have the USA Selection Camp. Well, I didn't get the opportunity to watch day one. So is there anything you want to say about that? 
There was one fall from Trevor on parallel bars, but that didn't really affect any of the kind of selection stuff. So after day one, it was still kind of like, okay, what the heck is going to happen with this team? Because everyone is hitting, everyone's doing well. One of the most exciting things for me was that Alan Bauer did a floor routine and he stuck like four of the passes. And it was amazing. Right. So then on day two, I think we only had two falls. Right. So out of the whole competition, there were only three bad routines, I guess, which is kind of impressive. Yeah, that was impressive. Um, They definitely kind of stepped up to the high pressure situation because, like I said, we kind of went into this and it was all to play for. So that kind of pressure on them and they all really delivered. To nobody's surprise, Sam McCulloch won by a landslide. He got that automatic spot because one of the rules was the all-around winner gets an automatic spot. They have another rule that says if you get second all-around and also place top three on three events combining both days of the selection camp with both days of national championships then you also get an automatic spot um so the whole time on day two it was just kind of like who's gonna be in second because everything was going back and forth and a bunch of the guys are really close and i think a bunch of us on Twitter tried calculating those two-day totals as the events progressed, but I think we all did our math wrong. I didn't. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I think a lot of them had two events. Not sure anyone really had three, though. But anyway, second place all around on just the two days of camp was Akash Modi. He was, like, over six points behind Sam. But that's not a knock on Akash. That's just how good Sam is. And then in third was Shane Wiskus. Fourth was Alan Bauer. Fifth was Yul Moldauer. Colin Van Wicklin was in sixth. Trevor Howard was in seventh. And then Danelle Wittenberg was in eighth place. So... Yeah, but worth noting, um, Trevor and Donnell both didn't do all around because they didn't compete pommel horse on the second day. Yes. So they were one routine down from everyone else, although it wouldn't have made a difference. No, you you wouldn't really use either of them on pommel horse anyway in a team situation, so it was probably a good call for them. Yeah, conserve energy. Mm -hmm. So... Kind of surprising that Yul was so far down the rankings. He was looking kind of out of sorts. He was ill, according to his coach. And you could kind of tell he was looking quite subdued and not really himself. And he also um, counted a full on high bar on day two. Right. But then immediately after that because they all started on pommel horse on day two. His last routine of the entire weekend was floor. Knocked it out of the park. Did one of his better routines. 
got a 14.5, which I think was the highest score on that event of the whole weekend. So, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely his best routine of the whole uh, selection camp. So it was kind of a, like, just in case you're thinking of not naming me to the team just because I don't look so good right now, uh, I can still do this, by the way. So the team the selection committee ended up naming was Sam, who got that automatic spot, Akash, Shane, Yule, and Trevor with Alan as the alternate. Right. So a bunch of people were pretty upset that Alan Bauer was named alternate again. It just seems like a, you know, always a bridesmaid kind of situation. But, um, I mean, it's upsetting when you think about he's been so close so many times and you just feel like he kind of deserves it at this point. But numbers-wise, it makes sense. Yeah, like, I really like Alan and, like, emotionally, I'm upset, but Logically speaking, I completely understand the selection. I think, you know, you could have made a case for him, but then it also makes sense the way they did it. So I'm not, like, outraged. I think, you know, they made the right decision, but it's also like, oh, my God, three years in a row. I'm just sad for him, but I'm not, like, angry about the selection or anything. Right. I'll kind of, there's something I want to talk about that we'll get to at the end of this section. But um, I think it really just came down to Alan versus Trevor, to be honest. And Alan's best event is Pommel Horse, whereas Trevor is known mostly for rings, but also for vault a little too. Um yeah, I mean, can we talk about how he stuck his double front vault cold both days of camp? That was so impressive. That, yeah, I'm I'm just waiting for a Dragolasco at this point. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think it's doable. I mean, like, it was really impressive when he stuck his vault on day one. Like, wow. And then, you know, he did the exact same thing day two. So I think... That is almost what kind of secured his spot. Obviously, he's known for rings. But I think the fact that he had, like, the best vault showing out of anyone by quite a long way um, really kind of solidified his case there. Yeah. Actually, his execution scores were 9.5 on day one and 9.4 on day two, which is crazy. But um, even if he does end up taking a step or two on vault, I think what I was trying to get at before is that Alan's best event is Palm Horse. Trevor is mostly known for rings. And with a lot of the other events being so equal, Trevor can contribute more tenths on rings than Alan can on Palm Horse. That's what I think it really came down to. Yeah. And then I think also... There was the fact that 
we were saying coming down to Alan or Trevor, but then I guess Shane was also kind of in the same boat, but then that kind of came down to you kind of need his high bar because Yule didn't have a great time on high bar. So it kind of made it more clear that they need someone to use on high bar that's not Yule and Alan is not the guy for that. Shane is. Yeah, so Shane knocked it out of the park again during camp, so I've put all his releases with two hands. Woohoo! Yeah, so during Nationals, I called it Whiskus Weekend, and camp became Whiskus Weekend 2, so now Worlds will be Whiskus Weekend Part 3. I'm very excited. Is <laughs> team... Will he be competing on a weekend, though? Well, qualifications start on the weekend. I so. think they're on the mon- I think they're on the second day, which is a Monday. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's Whiskus weekend. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Whiskus week, since Worlds goes on for the whole week. Yeah. You can upgrade it. It'll be <laughs> instead of a weekend. Yes. Anyway. Huge shout out to Akash for hitting all his routines across. Did he hit 12 for 12 at Nationals? Yes, which is why he got a bronze. Yeah. So everyone's saying, oh, it's a big deal. Sam's hit 24 for 24, which is a big deal. But Akash has also gone 24 for 24, which is also a very big deal. Because... I think... Akash is also not known for consistency. We were saying this before. There's always been kind of something's given with him. But not this year. And I've been really, really impressed by him. Right. He really, like, really made himself invaluable on high bar, especially. But also on pommel horse. He kind of wasn't that far behind Alan. Which is also another thing that made Alan maybe not quite as necessary as someone like Trevor. So the two we haven't really talked about yet are Colin and Danelle. So unfortunately, one of the falls on day two came from Colin on high bar. And... That is supposed to be one of the key events for Colin. And given that he did not compete at Nationals, that was extra important that he hit there. And that didn't happen. Yeah, so he did hit his Dragolescu both days, um, which was one of the key things for him. So after day one, he was very much still kind of in contention because he's got the Dragolescu, he's got the pretty good high bar. Um, But yeah, I think that full-on high bar was what really kind of sealed his fate, I guess. Um, Since he doesn't have any national scores, they doubled his camp scores uh, to make up the fact that, you know, everyone else had four days of competition and he only had two. Mm -hmm. So a full was even more costly for him than it was for anyone else. And then Danelle. Oh, man. Uh, Where do I start? 
he looked better than he did at nationals in my opinion um so he's you know on the up it just wasn't quite enough i think and also like he has produced some significant scores but he's not producing them consistently so he's still very much you know you want him on a team but he has to put it all together at once which he hasn't done yet i'm even more excited to see him at winter cup now i know that's not for like five more months but (laughs) yeah i mean his double front vault looks very dragalescuable because <laughs> that's a word yes i know one of his high bar routines from nationals did go viral for reasons we won't talk about <laughs> um he did a really good routine on day two and got a 13.55 Yes, I had the same thought. I was like, why isn't this the routine that went viral? Because it was so good. Yeah. You know, his routine on day one was a roller coaster. Let me tell you. (laughs) Um, He didn't fall. And I don't really know how he managed to not fall because it was just kind of like. he, He pulled a Shane, basically. He did. Oh, boy, I can't remember what skill it was. He doesn't do any Kovac skills, so it wasn't that. But I think it was a layout. Yamawaki half because he does that. I think it was the layout Karchev half. Oh, and yeah, he didn't get one of his hands, and he like, I don't know. It was a very impressive save, but unfortunately, not a save that would would result in getting credit for the skill. I just want to say I love how you called it a Shane and not a Zonderland because it's been proven now that Shane did it first. <laughs> well, Epka doing its old news. That was that was two years ago now. Got to <laughs> keep up with the times. Yeah, I think Donnell's going to come back next year. With obviously he'll have a lot to prove, but I think he's I I I feel like he's going to look good next year. I'm really excited for that. I wonder if they'll send him to Cottbus after Worlds. That would be really good, actually. I would like that. All right. So next on our list, we have the Sombate World Cup in Hungary. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. I'm trying to copy Ali on here. (laughs) I think the biggest story from this World Cup is, like, the fact that Oleg survived not only six events and qualifying, but all six finals without it got a little ambulance at times. Yeah, I I really thought his knee was going to explode on vault, but no, 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 that was the rings. Not display. vault rings, rings. Sorry. Yes, yeah. and then on vault he almost crashed into the judges' table. So yeah, but he's still walking around. We've still got Oleg. He lived. And he won some medals too. So, right. So, for. What did you ask for? (laughs) (laughs) So, on floor, Oleg got the silver here. It was won by Artem Dolkopiat. That should not be surprising to anyone, really. Okay, so Oleg had a 6.1, but 
at this particular competition, Artem competed a 6.4. He Which can is go not high. his full difficulty. No, it's not. But you can tell that, like, his difficulty was just way above everybody else's, though. Yeah, he was very much in a league of his own. It was it was really noticeable, yeah. I think. Also, I just want to say, his Zapata, which is the um, one-and-a-half twisting double front, he does it so open, and I really want him to try and do it laid out, because I think he totally could. I think Zapata himself was trying to do it. Um, I think he tried it once earlier this year, but it didn't get credited. I don't think that was the same skill. I think that was a half in double layout. I think it was only half instead of a one and a half. Oh, I don't remember, clearly. <laughs> do we really trust my memory here? No, no, we don't. I'm not convinced I do, no. <laughs> I, would, but, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he tried it laid out, but I do, I, I totally think Artem could do it because his Zapata isn't even like his first pass or anything. He's doing it in the middle of his routine. Right. So... Yeah, so I think he should do it. <laughs> right. And then right behind Oleg was his teammate Petro Pakia. So he, I don't think he's usually known for four. So the fact that he got a medal here is pretty cool. Yeah, I really want him to bring back the two and a half twisting double back. He used to compete that and it's like the coolest skill. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. I don't remember anything clearly. Yes. So I do want to say two people that I was impressed with in this final. Um, first, Christopher Mazaros from Hungary, who I thought he was like, he's a brand new senior. He's 18. He still looks like a baby. And his fig photo is like a few years old but he looks almost the same. So <laughs> he's super cute, but um, he also did really well. He got a 13.8 with a 5.6 difficulty. So it'll be interesting to see how he does over the next year or so. And if he makes it to Tokyo, probably not, but it'll be fun to watch. And then the other guy that I was really impressed with is um, Daniel Ponizil from Czechia. He ended up in eighth place here, but his difficulty was the lowest at a 5.2. He was clean, really clean, though, and I just, I don't know. There was something about him that I really enjoyed watching. Pommel Horse, I think this might be the big story of the weekend. Our pommel horse winner here was Josh Nathan, who won with a big 14.8. Yeah, so I remember I was watching this final, and he was, I think, he wasn't last up, but he went up with only a couple guys after him. And Oleg and Sasha had already gone, and they put up. So Oleg was leading with a 14.766. And I was like, well, Josh has a difficult routine. Imagine if he just, like, hit it perfectly and beat them. And then I was like, that's not going to happen. Like, come on. And then it did. Yeah, I, th I think we were all a little stunned. In a good way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so 
he got credited with a 6.3 here. I'm not sure why he didn't get his full 6.4. But yeah, 6.3 difficulty, 8.5 execution. It was, there was like no notable errors. Like obviously there was like little things like his circles aren't fully extended and all that. But in terms of the routine, it was like basically couldn't ask for more. Yeah, so I guess one of the other surprise. Okay, maybe it's not that surprising considering he's relatively inconsistent, but Robert Seligman fell here, so that was a little sad. He has won a bunch of medals before, and this is like his one event. I'm not even sure he trains anything else, but when he hits, he's fantastic, but he's very inconsistent. The other thing I want to say about this final was there were a lot of guys doing the triple Russian dismount, which is a D dismount, by the way. A lot of people seem to think it's not a real dismount. I don't know where that's coming from. It is very much a devalued dismount that fulfills the uh, requirement. You know what? Everyone just assumes that you like need to transition into a handstand for the dismount. You don't. Yeah, and actually, I think a lot. There are quite a few guys who would be better off going for the triple Russian because you kind of see some guys who consistently struggle to get up into the handstand. It's like just do a triple Russian. You're only going to lose like a tenth. Um, but anyway, what I wanted to say was the Israeli guys, so Artem and Alexander Shatilov, they do like the loveliest triple Russian dismounts. They swing their hips like right up. So it's the requirement is 30 degrees, I think, but a lot of guys just kind of slide off and just kind of plunk themselves on the ground. But these guys actually lift their hips. And I just want to say that I both appreciated them, that. that they both got the two highest execution scores in this final. So considering the guys that they were competing against, that's pretty significant. Right. I mean, Shatilov got an 8.733 execution score, which is not an easy thing to get on pommel horse. Oh, no. And, like, Dolgopia is, like, a pommel horse guy now. That's, like, one of his best events. He's scoring, like, 14s there, which is really impressive. I think he was third reserve at Euros, and I was like, what? Because you would not think he's a pommel horse guy. Nope. Rings... We had an interesting mixture here of the veterans and then some of the less experienced guys. So I think this was the first final or World Cup final for both Ewan Cox of Great Britain and Theodore Gatterud of Norway, who is another baby-faced child, and I'm in love with him. <laughs> Yeah, so the thing with Ewan is this was his first senior competition ever. He actually, the weekend before, he won the under-18s at the London Open. So, yeah, he's a kid. (laughs) And then he's also the same age as Theodore. So they're both 2001 kids. And then you've got, like, Ali Zaran, who's... He's 30. (laughs) Exactly. So... A broad range of ages. It was really cool. Yeah. I also think this was Ryan Shepard's first 
event final. So that's pretty cool. Um, so Oleg, we kind of mentioned it before. He had a kind of terrifying dismount here. Um, he ended up placing fifth. And then our top three are the experienced guys. So first place was Igor Radivilov. Really close behind him was Ali Zaran. And then in third was Vincent's Hook. And then fourth place is sort of new guy, or at least new to me, Keitaro Okubo from Japan. Yeah, I was actually surprised to see him doing, I think he did four events here. He's Japan's uh, new national vault champion as of a couple months ago. So I do think this was his first international competition. He's also young. He's 19. I wasn't aware he did events other than vault, but he does, and he does them pretty well, which brings us very neatly to the vault final, which he was competing in. Right, so Keitaro got silver on vault. Very exciting. Um, and this was just behind his teammate, Hidenobu Yonakura. So Yonakura well, did... You say just behind, but it was a good six-tenths. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm understating that. Yonakura won with an average of 15.049. So... Huge. I, I just, yes, that is now the second highest vault average behind Yang Hexon. And then the only other person who's broken a 15 for vault average is Artur Daftian. And that was at Euro European Games. Yeah, so Yonakura did his eponymous vault, which was pretty cool. Um, I forgot what his second vault was, but... Handspring two and a half. Yes. But... And he stuck uh, that one. <laughs> yeah, they were both fantastic. So. Yeah, I feel like his Yonakura, which is the Kaz 2.5, has really improved. He's been doing it for about a year now. And it's not always the most consistent for him, but it, it's still a little bit messy in the air. But I feel like it's cleaner than it was when he first started doing it. So it's really nice to see the improvement there. And then, super exciting, the bronze medal... Was not Oleg, was not Igor. It was Safis Hegemsnes of Norway. I think some people might know Safis from his his bow that he does with like closed fists, and he and he bows kind of low. It's like his thing, I guess. But his difficulty isn't that high either. He only does a five point two and a four point eight vault. But he did them both pretty well. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, Oleg almost crashed into the judges' table on one vault. And then Igor actually attempted a Risa Guang 2, the Pike Dragulescu, and it oh. was a disaster. <laughs> so. Why? I don't know why he keeps going for it. He's landed it one time in competition, and he's crashed it like ten times. I almost wasn't sure if he was getting credit for it just because his body was that under-rotated for the flip. So I wasn't even sure that he got his feet down first. Yeah, I think 
but they gave it to him, so. Yeah, to his credit, he does hold the pike position pretty well. Yeah, but... I saw I saw that on the slow-mo replay. Like, I know I like to bitch when anyone who tries a Blahnik or a Risa going to does not hold an appropriate pike position. But with Igor, there's actually no question. He does it really well the entire time. Yeah, but he just, he, I'm not sure, I think it's he doesn't rotate that well in the pike, and so he doesn't have enough time to turn, and then he just kind of lands in a heap on the map. Right, so with other guys who attempt this vault, it's maybe they may not get credit because they don't hold the pike, but for Igor, it's like, I don't know if they'll credit it because I'm not sure if he landed feet first. (laughs) Yeah, so it wasn't the most terrifying attempt he's done probably about in the middle but yeah it's eh, I don't really know why he keeps trying to do it Um, especially because he aside from the fact that he cowboys a lot he has one of the best Dragulescu's he gets so much height and distance and he's really good at sticking it. So I also, I do feel like when he tries to do it piked, he doesn't get as much distance. I feel like he was scarily close to the vault when he tried this vault. Yeah. Which is weird because he gets loads of distance on his regular Dragolescu. So that kind of tells me something's not quite right in his technique, maybe. I don't know. All right. So the other finalists here were... Ran Arnon from Israel, who was in sixth place. Uh, Daniel Ponizil from Czechia. Um, I mentioned he was also in the floor final. He was in seventh. And then in eighth place was Jacob Carlson from Norway. Um, you guys might remember Jacob because he was the bronze medalist on vault at the Youth Olympic Games last year. So he's made that transition to the senior ranks, and it's super cool. Yeah, I love how many babies that were at this competition obviously no they're not babies they're 18 but they feel like babies to me yeah I've been calling them all babies too especially when you look at their their official photos (laughs) moving on to parallel bars this was really just a question of which Ukrainian was gonna win I know Petro actually only qualified in like the third or fourth position maybe but he also didn't do his hardest routine I think and neither did Oleg yeah so Oleg ended up winning with a 15.2 um he did his 6.7 routine which I think is is his most difficult routine I'm not sure if he can really go higher than that he hasn't this year at least yeah, I think I do think that's his his highest one. Yeah, and then Petro got a fifteen point zero six six, and that was with a six point five difficulty. Everyone else had difficulty of five point five or lower, so they definitely had the difficulty score advantage there. And then in third place was Jordan Alexandrov. So. Yes. So it was really cool to see Jordan get a bronze for the second weekend in a row on the same event. 
Um, I feel like he has gone to a number of World Cups before, but hasn't necessarily made finals. So I guess it was just cool to see him not only make finals, but to get medals two weekends in a row now. And in fourth place here was Lei Giannini, who is another Youth Olympic Games alum. He did get the highest execution, but his difficulty was on the lower side, 5.1. So it just wasn't enough here. He was not selected for Worlds, so he does have time to upgrade for next year. Yeah, I, I think once he has a bit more experience and gets a few more upgrades, I, I think Pilot is going to be a really, really good event for him. It's quite a good event for Italy overall, so I think, yeah, he's got really good potential on that event. Keitaro uh, Okubo of Japan, this was another final he was in. Actually, so he qualified in second, um, and then... Had an unfortunate mishap, which I'm forgetting what it was. But did he fall on his dismount? Was that it? He didn't fall, but he kind of... He did a double front half, but the half wasn't really a half, and he just kind of... It was a, it was a bad landing. That's all I remember. Okay. And then we had Shadalov and Dolgopia in this final as well. So... That was pretty cool to see. Um, yeah, I really like that they're both um, expanding and competing on a lot more events. I think it's in preparation to try and earn Tokyo spots through the all-around, just in case the event finals don't work out for them. Yeah, and then in last place here at this final was David Huddleston, um, and he did not have his best day on this event. So, hope to see more of him in the future. On to High Bar. Um, this was pretty exciting. Uh, David Jessen of Czechia actually qualified in first place with a 14.0, I think. Unfortunately, in this final, he fell, so... That was a little sad. But I think this might have been his first event final at a World Cup. So that's pretty cool. And speaking of first World Cup finals, Hamish Carter also had his first World Cup final here. He had a fall too, unfortunately, and ended up in sixth place. Your mom already fell off. I think it was like a straddled concept. It probably was. He has he has a combination, so I might be on that. Yeah, no, it was because I remember he went back up and repeated it and did the combination. So he fell on the first Tkachev combination. Okay. So I watched the rest of them, but I didn't watch this final because I fell asleep. <laughs> um, he had two Israelis in this final as well. Alexander Shadilov and Alexander Myakinin. So, both named Alexander. Shadilov, unfortunately, fell twice. Um, I think it was the same skill, too. So, 
Oh, I hate it when that happens. Yeah. He he also fell on a Stroud's ketchup. I don't think it was supposed to be in combination, but he got up, tried to repeat it, and then it looked better. It looked like he was going to catch it, but then he fell again. High bar was won by hometown guy David Bexternia. I hope I'm saying that right. He's won World Cup medals before and has... He might be the defending champion here. I'm not sure. But, yeah. So, just really cool whenever you see someone win a World Cup in their home country. So, he won with a 13.966. And then in second place was Petro Pachniak. Um, He was actually very close behind with a 13.933. He had the highest execution here. So... That was really cool. And third place went to Alexander Miakinin of Israel. And then Oleg was in fourth. And Jorn Alexandrov in fifth. Just yeah. what you were saying about um, David winning in his home World Cup. We do have to mention the name that was on the roster who didn't show up. Which was, of course, Christian Berkey. Yeah, so if you're not aware, Berkey was originally on the roster. I was super excited about it. (laughs) Not sure everyone else was as excited as I was. But anyway, Berkey decided to withdraw. He said he felt about 90%, but he doesn't want to compete unless he's at 100%, which... I don't really blame him. Um, Also, he mentioned that he's competed at like 90% before and it went really poorly. (laughs) So, especially with a World Cup that does not count toward Olympic qualifications at all, it's totally fine that he didn't compete. A little sad, but... And especially you don't want him to like aggravate his injury or anything. Especially because he had like two botched surgeries and three overall so yeah so we haven't seen christian murphy compete since european championships in 2017 so it's been two and a half years which is why it was so exciting that he was supposed to compete but i guess we'll all just have to wait till world which is not that long when it's been two and a half years we can wait another month (laughs) that's true do we know Pommel horse standings in the World Cup right now? I'll Google it. Lee Kai. Okay. <laughs> Basically. Um, um, Lee Kai is leading, but if he gets a spot at Worlds, then the points will drop and Wang Hao will be leading. Yeah. I really think that Lee Kai is going to get that spot through Worlds. Um, yeah, especially and- because he, if he does all around, he might not even need the pommel horse final spot. He might make it through all around because I would expect him to make the final if he has a pretty good day in quals. Oh yeah, I totally forgot he got the bronze at University, yet, right? Right. He's an all around <laughs> guy. Yeah, so I'd but, yeah. I didn't even consider him getting a spot through all around. Yeah, so if and if he doesn't get a spot through all around, he's very likely to make the pommel horse final. 
And if all that fails, he's already got that magical 90 points on the World Cup circuit. So then speaking of comebacks, who's competing this weekend? Tim Servich! Oh no, that's not who I meant. We're talking about comebacks. You know what? It's Tim's birthday today. So I've got Tim on the brain. You've always got Tim on the brain. Tim <laughs> is competing in Paris. But so is Eleftheros Petrunias. <laughs> Which is what I was getting at. <laughs> yes. I'm also very excited about him. But Tin is my number one. <laughs> so do you uh, want to talk about Tin first? Or do you want to talk about Eleftherios first? <laughs> what do I have to say about Tin other than it's his birthday and he's competing this weekend? I don't know. I guess we can just go with Petrunius for now. <laughs> So we haven't seen Eleftheros Petrunius compete since his third world title that he took last year. The one that he wasn't originally supposed to be competing at and then he went and then he won it anyway and then had surgery like three days later. So that was the last time he competed. So this is his big comeback moment. So what do we think? Is he going to be completely unbeatable again? You know what, I just realized the other day that he hasn't really posted any training videos since, like, June. Apparently he did post something on his Instagram stories, but I didn't catch it. So, I don't, I'm just prepared to be absolutely wowed. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like when somebody, like, tries to keep something under wraps like that, it's a big deal. So that's, that's really exciting. And yes, rings can be exciting. Especially when Petrunius is involved. Absolutely. And then the other gymnast that I'm really, really excited about who's competing in Paris is... Tin? No, not Tin! (laughs) I just don't know you. (laughs) It's... Japan's new national floor champion, Kazuki Minami. He's only doing floor, I think. He competes vault also, but he's not doing that here. So he is the gymnast who ended Kenzo Shirai's, like, million-year-long national floor title streak. And, of course, by a million years, I mean six. (laughs) Um, Well, it's it's a million years in gymnastics time. Yeah, It it was a big deal. And Kazuki is 19 years old, so he's another young guy. He, I can't remember exactly what his difficulty is. I'm thinking it's like, it's at least 6.2, but I think he's upgraded since Nationals. He now has a triple-double. He also has, like, the best front triple twist I've ever seen. He is awesome. I'm really excited. I'm also thinking he might have more upgrades I don't know because the triple double was new this summer um but he's also put up training videos of him doing a Shirai three so laid out triple double and he can also do a triple back so he's basically got a million skills to choose from yeah yeah he can do a triple back on floor awesome he's insane he's actually crazy basically 
he's the guy who puts up videos of him doing the most ridiculous things on Fast Track. So he's put up a video of him doing a quintuple twisting double back. And he's also put up a video of him doing triple double, land back on the Fast Track, punch triple back. And also triple back, punch triple back. But obviously that wouldn't be worth anything in actual competition. I don't even know what to say to that. It's just ridiculous. And like I was saying, he also does vault. He once put up a video of him doing the Shirai 3 with an extra half twist. So that's the round off, full twist on, back two and a half off the vault. He's insane. And like, I really want to get him and Simone Biles in the same gym and like put them on a fast track and like (laughs) have a tumble off. I want to see who can do the most crazy stuff. So I'm excited about that. Yes. Uh, I really hope he hits because if he doesn't, I'm going to be so disappointed. (laughs) Speaking of floor guys, Emil Sorabwa of Finland is also competing. Yes. Um, I saw someone, because we were talking about him earlier, someone on Tumblr said he should get a stick crown like they do in uh, women's NCAA. And I really think that's a good idea. Give him a crown. Yes, absolutely. I don't have anything organized for Paris, really. So I'll just go through this nominative roster, um, which is organized alphabetically by country. And I'll point out some people to watch out for, I guess, if that sounds good. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first one on the list is already a good one. Gabriel Swan? Yes. Yes. I knew you were going to say him. <laughs> um, we have Vincent Hook from Austria. Canada's sending some cool guys. Um, William Emard, who we haven't seen too much of as a senior. He was supposed to compete at the Pan Am Championships last year and got injured in warm-ups. And we basically haven't seen him since, at least not internationally. So and he is on their world team. Yes. So he's the only member of their world squad that they're sending here. So that's exciting. We have Tomas Gonzalez. Ten, like I've said ten times already. <laughs> Ali Zaran. Zapata's going to be here, so that's cool. Uh, such a good floor lineup in this competition. I'm not even sure if all these guys are going to make it to the finals. So. Don't say that. <laughs> finals can be 20 people, right? Yes. France is obviously sending a good chunk of their senior team because it's their home World Cup. I think they just have some exhibition athletes as well. I don't know. It's got a parentheses HC next to their function on the spreadsheet so anyway their main guys that they're sending Larice Frasca, Zachary Hremesh who we haven't seen in a while so that's exciting Um, he was named to their world's team last year and then had to withdraw due to injury after he had been suspended for a while so it's it's been a minute (laughs) Cyril Thomasan, Julien Seller who 
actually was just named to their world's team, and I was like, who is this guy? There's, don't bother YouTubing him, because there's, like, no videos. The videos that do exist are about nine years old. So, yeah. He's not a new senior. He's actually, like, 27, I think, but he's had a pretty nasty history when it comes to injuries. So it seems like he's finally healthy and doing well, and I'm happy to hear it. Um, France is also sending Samir Aitzade. He's just competing rings, obviously. Um, And then Antoine Borello. Those are their non-exhibition guys. And then Great Britain, we've got Josh Nathan again. So we'll see if he can defend his title here. I think that'll be a hard ask because Reese McLennan will also be competing. Um, We've also got Jake Jarman. So obviously he could factor in on Thorn Vault. Like we were saying, he's got some big skills there. Yeah. Also got David... Vexernia from Hungary, who just won the high bar title at his home World Cup. Obviously, Petronius, who we've already mentioned. We've got all the top Israeli guys, so Shadalov, Dolgopiat, Medvedev. They'll be fun to watch. Um, Japan is also sending Kato Imabayashi, who has one of the most difficult pommel horse routines in the world. Fabian de Luna of Mexico. So so he's doing every event but P-bars and high bar. But you definitely want to watch him on Rings and Vault. We've got some Russians. So Kirill Prokopiev is doing floor Rings and Vault, but he is mostly known for his floor. Obviously, he's capable of very big scores there. We've also got uh, first-year senior Alexander Kartsev, who made a pretty big impact at Russian Cup. We have one of my personal faves, Nikolai Kuksenkov, is just doing pommel horse. He hasn't competed any other event in quite a while. And then Alexei Rostov and Sergei Eltsov. We've also got Sasha Bertenche. Um, Obviously, he's only doing pommel horse. Got Lee Chi Kai, who we were talking about a while ago. He's going to be there. Thankfully, Oleg is sitting this one out. Yes. I'm actually a little surprised he won't be here. But Ukraine is sending Yevgen Yudenkov and Vladislav Kriko. That's pretty much it on the men's side for Paris. Yeah, it's it's an exciting lineup. I think it's going to be a really, really good World Cup, especially... Floor, we said, has a really good lineup. Pommel Horse has a really good lineup. Rings. Rings, basically just having Petronius there means it's a good rings lineup. Well, I mean, you've also got Ali Zaran and Vincent's Hook, who just won medals last weekend. Yeah. So Yeah, for sure. So I think that's all for Paris. So what I just wanted to say was there's been some news about uh, the Chinese team, they've been having control meets and it was touch and go for a while. There were rumours that Xiao Tang would have to sit out the all-around at Worlds this year. 
because of his shoulder problems. But it looks like he's doing all around again. He came third at their recent control test because he had some problems on high bar. He's not quite fully recovered, but it does sound like he's recovered enough to compete all around, which is a big relief because obviously he is one of the best all around gymnasts in the world. And then so first in the all around was Lin Pan. Second was Sun Wei and then Deng Shudi had some trouble on floor and vault to place fourth in the all-around. And then also competing there was Zhu Jingyuan, who, as you may expect, won parallel bars. Not shocking. He, I think the last time he didn't get the highest parallel bars score at a competition was Montreal qualifying when he made a few uncharacteristic mistakes. I think if he ever doesn't qualify in first place, it's because he's not maxing out on the difficulty. So, Yeah. So he did three events, which is kind of a big deal because he last year didn't do rings. He's also had some shoulder problems, but he's brought rings back and apparently looks quite good there. And then Yu Hao was also competing there. You may remember him as the 2015 world champion on parallel bars. He's doing quite well this year. He kind of uh, faded out of it a little bit over the last couple of years, but it's looking like he's going to be that alternate for worlds. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, and I think we basically just came to the conclusion that we'll be pretty surprised if the team ends up being anything other than exactly what it was last year. Yeah, I really think those five are kind of perfect. They all kind of complement each other's strengths, and they've got... You could put any of those four all-around guys in an all-around final and expect them to be in contention for a medal. Right. So, yeah, sounds like China's looking pretty good. Still, the only question is about Xiaorotang but fingers crossed it all works out okay. And I do think even if he can't do every event, it's still not going to change the team because they've pretty much got everything covered anyway. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time.